Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, Jays fans, and welcome to a brand new week of the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm John Bishop, and alongside Connor Happer and Josh Peterson, we'll take you around the world of Creighton Athletics. And on today's show, we are going to hear from Creighton's new men's basketball assistant, Derek Kellogg, who was out on the recruiting trail last week, and we had a chance to catch up to him. Also, we'll get an update on baseball and softball as we are getting down to the last few days of the baseball season. Softball has already wrapped up for the spring. And later on, Morgan Molly, who was the MVP of a national tournament where the Blue Jay women won a national championship. Josh Peterson will have that story coming up. The 1620 The Jays podcast is brought to you by Barry Law, your most important assets, your body, your mind, and your future. When those are jeopardized by an injury that isn't your fault, you need to fight back and regain your life. Call Barry Law at 402-999-7777 or visit barrylawfirm.com. At Barry Law, we help defend the rights of those in need. At Barry Law, we are in it to win it. Now joining us from the recruiting trail, he comes by way of UMass, where he was a star player and a former head coach. Now he is a Creighton assistant. Derek Kellogg joins us here on the 1620 The Jays podcast. Coach, how are things going? Now Things are going fantastic, and I appreciate the uh, warm welcome, not only from you guys, but also from the whole Creighton community and family. It's been a, uh, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind, but everybody's been so accommodating uh, in the city. Uh, it just seems to be a great place to... Uh, be a basketball fan and a basketball coach and to join a amazing program like Creighton that I've been uh, admiring from afar um, is, uh, is kind of an honor and, and, a, and a great career path for me. Coach, you, you've had quite a quick a timeline here over the last few years, uh, you know, LIU Brooklyn, then, uh, you know, came back to your alma mater for last year. Now you're here. Uh, how has the family kind of adjusted to this uh, rapid fire lifestyle? Oh, it's great. My wife is so excited. <laughs> um, it's been great because um, to, uh, you know, come out to Omaha and, and check out the, the program, the city. Um, you know, we're huge Big East basketball fans uh, growing up in New England and, and following, you know, from the days, uh, the Madison Square Garden game. So uh, my wife's super excited. Uh, my son obviously is uh, a huge basketball fan and guy. And, um Really excited to be a part of the, the Creighton team. I mean, it's going to be a, a great level for them to come to games and, and see 17,000 fans um, rooting on the squad and, and really supporting the basketball team. Coach, you mentioned a few moments ago, you said it in your statement, just like where Creighton basketball finds itself in this moment in college basketball, a game away from the Final Four in this most recent season. How much did that play a part in you wanting to join this team to, to maybe help them continue to reach uh, spots in the tournament that they never have before? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that I'm helpful is a good way to put it that, um, you know, I've seen how far they've gone and how close we've been in the past few years. And I'm hoping that, 
Um, I can add a little something in, in different areas, whether it be recruiting, whether it be game planning, uh, just being a good sounding board for Coach McDermott. Um, and the reality of it is ever since, um, you know, I coach against Coach Mack uh, in Vegas, uh, it's, I'm not sure exactly how many years ago, but I've been a huge fan of his offensive style of how he kind of interacts with his players. Um, and from afar, I've always admired and kind of tried to um, – you know, coach a little bit like him on the offensive end of the floor. So this is a good learning curve for me also to kind of see a different way to do it from a, a coach who's been very successful and plays a style that aligns with how I, I like to coach and, and play. Derek Kellogg, Creighton's newest assistant coach, joining us here. As I mentioned, you previously were the head coach at UMass. Uh, then after leaving there, spent some time at LIU Brooklyn, then came back last year for one season back on the UMass bench. How did you find the experience of going home again after, you know, again, being a player and a head coach at your alma mater? Well, I have to give Frank Martin uh, a ton of credit for bringing me back as the assistant, you know, after I'd been the head coach there and and took a five-year hiatus at LIU Brooklyn. And for him to bring me back to have that kind of self-confidence to not, you know, worry about a guy that had played there and, and been the head coach there. Um, I owe him a lot for uh, for that opportunity. Um, it was great. We went back to um, you know the same house that we had lived in for the previous nine years. Um, my son was excited. My wife was excited, and uh, it was a good experience for me to kind of learn from Frank to spend some time. But I also felt like oh, this this time and age that um you know it's time to kind of move on to the next chapter to kind of get that next level um in, in Creighton when the opportunity presented itself. Um, I was super, uh, really super excited to uh, be back at that level where you're competing for national championships. You're able to recruit um, players that can kind of get you to that level to be kind of in the mix. And then to be part of the Big East and and at a place like Creighton, to me, is uh, just a next level job for me in, in, in my career. I know, Derek, that, that that first stint at UMass didn't end the way you wanted it to. Was this last year? Did it give you some closure a little bit on on just the whole experience at UMass? You know, that's a good way to put it. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if closure is the right word, but I, I do feel like um, it was good to go back and kind of, you know, get back home and see where things are at. Um, you know, when you get, I guess, fired from a job or leave a place, you, sometimes there's a, a different taste in your mouth. And to kind of put that stuff behind me to, to realize that's where I played and head coach and had a successful nine years. It was good to maybe have some closure uh, for not only me, but also our family. And to realize that, um, you know, it's probably – probably time to kind of take that next step uh, in my coaching career and, uh, you know, put maybe UMass behind me and, and move on. Coach, the version of college basketball that you played in was different than the one that you first coached in as an assistant, different than the one that you coached in as a head coach. I mean, how have you, I guess, adapted to the sports changes, especially over the last five years as we have seen, you know, the portal come into existence like it has, name, image, likeness, of course. How do you think that you have adapted as a coach in, in recent seasons? Well, I, I feel like I have always played a style that's actually being played now. We we always shot a lot of threes and spaced the floor, even as a head coach and, and even back as an assistant at Memphis, I thought we were ahead of the curve a little bit. And Coach Mack, to me, has been ahead of the curve in style of play, of uh, getting ready for the uh, the portal, the name, image, and likeness. I feel like we're in a good place with all that stuff. And it's ever-changing. So as soon as you feel like you've kind of mastered – what's going on today tomorrow brings another day and another challenge this time of year at, at one time in our careers and and actually not too long ago was the kind of time to decompress take a little break from a great season maybe spend a little time with your family and, and get ready for 
kind of a maybe need one guy, maybe two at, at most. And now it feels like this is the most intense time <laughs> as, a, as an assistant coach to uh, monitor roster, to make sure guys are in a good place, to figure out what we need for the future. So you're on your toes, I would say, uh, quite a bit more now than maybe ever as a college basketball coach, football coach, whatever that sport may be, because of the portal, because of the extra COVID year, because of the name, image, and likeness, and a lot of the unknowns that are out there um, that every day brings a new challenge, which for a guy like myself, you're energized and keeps you young and you feel really good about it, but also, you know, you're, you're working. We're working really hard. How do you find balance as a coach with the offseason and, and kind of the changes that you just mentioned that you've seen in the sport? We've we've heard so many stories now over the last few years, whether it's basketball, football, et cetera, about the idea of burnout with coaches saying like, look, I, I just don't have the time that I used to, to to spend time maybe with my family in some of those weeks or months in the offseason. How do you personally try to, to try to balance some of that stuff? Well, one, that's why you um you do see a lot of the older kind of coaches bowing out gracefully at this point because it, it's less there's less free time. There's less time to maybe have life balance, um, more things that go into it than just coaching basketball. And so, um, you, you know, you need to be energized. And I feel like you have to keep yourself in great shape. I think working out is really, really important um, to make sure that you stay physically and mentally sharp. Um, and the reality of it is this is really year two of the kind of figuring out where to have that life balance. Um, and so I think we're all still feeling uh, trying to figure out where to spend time with your family and, and kind of give yourself a break from it. Um, and, and I think that's a, one of those things, just like what's going on in the sport uh, that you have to kind of figure out and make sure you're aware of uh, what's going on. Derek Kellogg joining us, Creighton's newest assistant coach. That recruiting pitch has to change a little bit over time as well, because now, you, as you mentioned, you've got NIL you have to consider, uh, among other things. Yet, you know, we talk about it all the time in recruiting, how important the relationships are, because that's how you really get people to commit to you and hopefully stay with you for a long period of time. Is there a fine art to being able to, in this day and age, get those relationships established and trying not to make it as much about, well, hey, here's what our NIL program can do for you. That's a great point. And, and I'm a relationship person. I feel like that's still so important in this profession and business um, and everything just shouldn't be transactional with what you're getting for what you're given. I believe that there is a, a piece of this that is uh, relationship driven. And I, I feel personally that if you're going to win at the highest level, that you have to have guys that are personally invested in the program and not just here for, like I said, a transaction or whatever. So there is a piece, everything's fast forwarded though, and moving so quickly that those relationships now um, are formed quicker than they ever were. And and I think that's across the board and across the country through social media and everything's a 10 second clip. Um, and so uh, we're, we're wading through the relationship versus some of the other stuff. But I do feel like we have a lot of coaches and people on our staff in the area that are relationship driven. And that's been very beneficial in being able to get a lot of the guys that are on the team now and that we're cur- currently recruiting for the future. Coach, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, uh, just the, you know, the, the style of offenses that you really enjoy, the Coach Mack offense. What, what can Creighton fans expect from you now as an assistant coach for the Blue Jays? What would you say are, are some of the strengths that you think you can bring to this program? I've always been a servant leader, and I'm here for the players, the fans, the coaching staff to be a good steward of the program, number one. Um, the one thing I think they'll, they'll realize is I'll bring a positive, good energy no matter if you see me on the, the streets walking at 5 a.m. through downtown Omaha or if I'm on the sidelines or at a practice, 
or in the office that I'm going to bring a good attitude, good energy, and try to be have that be contagious throughout our program. And then I, I'm, I'm a worker, and I grew up a worker. I worked my way through college, uh, overcome, you know, basically was an overachiever because of hard work. And I feel like that's going to be something that um, I'll carry with me through my career here at Creighton. And, um, you know, I'm a winner, no, not to brag, but, you know, the places I've been, we've all, we've won, you know, whether it's as a head coach, as an assistant at Memphis or George Mason, um, you know, we've won. And so I feel like I can help in that department, not really help, but also just kind of build upon what they've already accomplished. And so, and I've worked for, I've been lucky. I worked for some of the top coaches in the country as an assistant coach. I've had a pretty good career as a head coach. I've been fortunate to have a good life. Um, you know, I've worked for Jim Laranaga at George Mason, John Ropick at uh, Youngstown State, but then John Calipari, Frank Martin, and now Coach McDermott. So the knowledge that I've been able to gain and the different ways to do that in having success is something that uh, hopefully I can carry with me and help out some here. As we mentioned in the outset of the interview, Coach, you're on the East Coast recruiting right now. Is that going to be a primary focus, that portion of the country, because you've spent so much of your life there? You know, I feel like, you know, we are in the Big East. I feel like I have some good recruiting ties and know a lot of people on the East Coast, and it may be an area that we haven't uh, touched as much as we probably could. Uh, Creighton has a great brand name uh, all through the New England prep schools in the cities of New York, Philadelphia, Boston, all through that area. And um, personally, I feel like we've uh, it's an area that we can, we can definitely get into, um, and uh, I think it's a great sell of uh, Creighton basketball. So we'll see. Nothing's guaranteed, but – um, if you don't try, you'll never know. And so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to see if we can make some noise out here. But I also feel like you don't want to not take care of home. And we've had a great success with recruiting kids close enough to the, to the area. There's plenty of good basketball and basketball players out there that fit our style and system. And so um, this will just be another area to check out and see if uh, anybody's a good fit for the Blue Jays. Coach, you mentioned John Calipari. For those who are listening that don't know, you played for some of the early teams with him at UMass. Then you also got to coach with him at Memphis. How how did he change from your playing days to to the coach that you were involved with uh, in with that Memphis team that went to the national championship game? Well, Coach Cal is always on the cutting end of, of change and, and trying to be ahead of the curve. Um, I think he was one of the first guys because of the time that he spent in the NBA that went from kind of that hard-nosed college coach where you're – you know, you're doing charge loose ball drills and running 20 liners a day to, you know, almost, uh, you know, getting in a scrap every practice to pulling back a little bit and running it more like an NBA program where um, the guys that are recruited at that level, you know, they're not big fans of, I guess, the charge loose ball drill and, and some of the things that the college coaches used to do. So, you know, I think the Dewan Wagner years leading in all the way through up until Derrick Rose, um, you know, we were a little bit more ran like a professional team as far as how we played, how we treated the guys, and how much we practiced. And I thought that was a big thing that uh, Coach Cal did, and, and I know Coach McDermott um, is is on the same kind of thought process of, you know, less practice time at the end of the year. Make sure we have fresh minds and fresh bodies. You know, the shoot-around doesn't have to be two hours with pads and, and you know, helmets and stuff like that. So um, Coach Cal has always been a guy that was to try to be ahead of the curve and, and a lot of different things. With social media and some other stuff, it's gotten a little bit more difficult to just do it without people knowing kind of what's going on. Uh, from him, as far as Rams, curve, um, his energy, his uh, his personality, and you know he's been my mentor. Kind of, he went from coach to father figure to mentor to friend, which is kind of a cool uh, a cool way to go through life. 
Talking with Derek Kellogg, Creighton assistant coach. Uh, I know, you know, it's been a whirlwind because, you know, due to the portal and, and and now you're on the road recruiting that, you know, sometimes you don't get a chance to really study. All right, what, what do we have coming back? And, and hopefully, knock on wood, there's a great core that is going to be coming back. Have you had a chance to to get to know any of the guys that are on the team or study film of last year and kind of get a grip of, of the kind of team you expect to have, or is that something that maybe happens after, after you take a little pause on the, on the trail? No, I followed Creighton uh, pretty religiously throughout the tournament. Um, and then I restudied the games um, as I was coming out here to kind of get a feel for their offense. And a lot of the stuff I really like um, a lot of great actions to put certain players in certain positions, kind of the way they're able to go from running something into like a free flowing uh, offense is something that uh, is when it's going the right way, and it, it, it's kind of magical to watch. The, 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 it's just a nice feel of free flowing basketball. Um, I've got a chance to work out uh, quite a few of the players when I first uh, came on board. So I, I have a pretty good feel. Um, obviously, you know, some of the guys are still going through the NBA draft process and, and getting a feel where they fit in there. So that's something that we're monitoring closely. And, uh, you know, just that we'll have to pivot kind of quickly depending on what guys decide to do. So what's the, the, the upcoming part of the offseason look like for you then in terms of recruiting and then obviously coming to Omaha, looking for a place to live? What, what, what do the next few weeks and months look like for you? Well, if I could tell you, I, w- I wish I could tell you. I'm not, it's been, <laughs> we're on the move. Uh, you know, even though I've been in Omaha and, and have spent some, you know, some time there, we've also been on the move quite a bit. There was two recruiting weekends that we were at. Then we were able to go on the road a few days here and there. We've had a couple kids on campus for visits. Um, so, uh, taking the other part of it kind of slow, um, been looking, looking probably to stay somewhere near downtown where you can walk to the campus and kind of be around the, the arena. Um, we're going to try to finish off this recruiting class, um, waiting for the kind of the draft stuff to finish up and then we'll get on to 2024s and see what we need for the, uh, the guys that are entering their senior year in high school. So it's really nonstop. It's just kind of continuous. It's, a uh, it's kind of a circular wheel that you just keep staying on and, and make sure you, you run as fast as you can and, you know, don't fall off. So it's, um, it's been good. It's been, it's been a great level to be recruiting at and coaching at and uh, excited to, uh, excited to be on board. Coach, we, real quick, before we let you go, uh, you mentioned recruiting and, and adding to the class, a couple players uh, recently announced Jonathan Lawson transfer from Memphis and Brock Weiss, who comes over from Germantown, coach Miller, uh, Mike Miller's uh, former school, uh, thoughts on those two? Yeah, those guys are fantastic. I, I think um, Lawson brings you a kid who has experience um, at the college level, can play multiple positions, brings a great attitude. He's uh, a worker, which is the number one thing we're looking for. He's going to come in and work and get better, and and um, we're really excited about him. I think he he fills a lot of holes um, that that in, in different needed spots. So we're excited that he uh, you know decided to come with us. And then uh, Big Brock is a um, you know, he's a high school guy, so he'll he'll um, he'll be working his way in. But I watched him play a bunch over the weekend. I think he's done a great job of getting his body in great shape. He's like a stretch five that can really knock down threes with some physicality around the rim. A little more athletic than uh, people give him credit for. But I think he's got a chance in time to be a really good player for us. So we're excited about both of those guys. Not only do you need to have, you know, the the guys that have, are coming back and everybody knows, but you need some other guys that are here to 
kind of be be in the program that have a chance to get better and, and come off and help us win. Coach Derek Kellogg on the road recruiting for the Blue Jays, newest Creighton assistant. Coach, we really appreciate the time. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Omaha. Can't wait to meet uh, the family, and uh, we wish you the best. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm, like I said, I've said it numerous times. Super excited to be here and uh, very fortunate to be on the staff with Coach McDermott and, and the guys. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. As the 1620 The Jays podcast by Barry Law continues, here is Connor Happer. All right, thank you, John. Welcome back. More of the 1620 The Jays podcast this week. I'm Connor Happer. I thought we'd do another bit of a roundup here as seasons begin to come to a close. I mean, it's another week on the Jays pod, so it's another week that we're talking about sophomore golfer Catherine Lemke, who uh, finished up her season at the NCAA Regionals, and she fired off six birdies and a one under 71 in her third and final round of the NCAA Regionals out in uh, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. She's, I mean, she is completing her season as now a two-time Big East champion, uh, tied for 48th place at the NCAA Regional. Um, and the lone, I mean, we mentioned this last week, but Lemke was the only qualifier in uh, women's golf history at Creighton for the NCAA Regionals, and she is now done it twice so i mean we have to get a big shout out to her um i mean she was fantastic this year and and you know we talked about it with her on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago when she was a guest she is playing her best golf at the end of the year so um what a what a run and what a finish to the season historic finish to the season for katherine lemke who once again won under 71 on her final day at the NCAA regionals, a really, really good season for her and, you know, pretty historic season for the Creighton program in general. I uh, wanted to get a baseball roundup as they hit into their final road biggie series of the year. Of course, they'll welcome UConn in for a huge final three games next weekend. So they, they go to Seton hall. The Jays of course got swept by Xavier last weekend. Kind of find some offense here down the stretch. Xavier pitching was really, really good 
in the three games in Omaha last weekend. And the Big East sort of sets the schedule up. So the best, you know, three or four teams are playing each other at the end of the year and, and they got what they wish. So it'll be really important for Creighton to, to go win a couple, one or two. Um, and of course, you know, potentially if they can get it all three this weekend, if they win all three, um, all of a sudden you're talking about getting right back in the race for the Big East title because you welcome in UConn on the final weekend. But Creighton needs to take care of business. Top four make the Big East tournament. So this will be a significant weekend for them as they go into the uh, Seton Hall series at nine and six in the league. Uh, Seton Hall's at seven and eight. Top four teams make the Big East tournament. So Creighton would love to be into double digits, if not more. Uh, by the end of the weekend, the Big East win total before welcoming in UConn. Looks like, you know, in all likelihood, probably a two-team race for the Big East title at this point between Xavier and UConn. But once again, Creighton's got a little bit of home field advantage in the final weekend of the regular season. Got to find a way to get to the Big East tournament. So Jay's got to find some offense this weekend and uh, let the rest go from there. A couple women's basketball items here. How about this? Three-on-three championships. Creighton sent four girls out to the uh, out to Colorado Springs. Lauren Jensen, Morgan Molly, Molly Mogensen, and Emma Ronsick. And guess what? They they won the dang thing. They're they're used to winning. They beat Duke in the championship, twenty one seventeen. They got past Villanova and Seton Hall. A couple Big East teams there in the quarterfinals. They lost on. Saturday, but they were able to get their way to the knockout round by going two and one on that day. And of course, Morgan Molly, big shot Morgan Molly, was the MVP of the entire tournament. So a little hardware during the offseason for the Lady Blue Jay basketball team, which, you know, shouldn't come as a surprise. They get the job done out in Colorado Springs. And then Emma Ronsick will stay well, she won't stay out there. She came back and she'll head back out this weekend. And uh, she will compete in the USA Women's America team trials, uh, which are uh, this upcoming weekend in Colorado Springs. She made the team selected by um, a committee. Some of the best players from around the country are, are on this team. So it's another opportunity to for for Emma Ronsick to show what she has sort of on the little bit more of a national stage here, Team USA sort of FIBA level, uh, which is really, really cool. And there's a, you know, a stacked group of players from around the country on her team so excellent job by emma ronsick to to make that team on the softball side of things they finished up their season last weekend kayla nielsen was unanimous all first team big east kaylee wilson was all big east second team softball big east teams came out this week so a a little bit of a down year for the Jays softball team, sort of rebuilding a little bit, but a first-teamer and a second-teamer on the all-Big East team. Nielsen uh, hit 395 this year for Creighton, and that uh, led the Jays, 650 slugging percentage, and she, she led the Blue Jays in all sorts of different categories. And she becomes the eighth Blue Jay on the softball side to earn all-Big East first-team honors since the Jays joined the league in 2014. And then one more item we, we want to clean up here, uh, basketball-wise, men's basketball-wise. We had Arthur Kaluma this week, news entering the transfer portal. He's in the NBA draft. He's going to enter the transfer portal. Um, so he'll he'll have all of his focus on getting to the professional level first. If he were to return back to college, it would not be at Creighton this point. I don't know if it's something that you know we, we didn't expect. Um, Arthur, you know, obviously a really good player for Creighton over the last two years. 
Um, he got off to just a tough start, sort of missed last offseason with the injury, and then you know found a little bit of a rhythm there in the middle of the season when Creighton ripped off um, a whole bunch of games in a row, but then wasn't able to sort of hold that for Creighton. You could see it for Art. I mean, that that's a guy who probably you know at his at his if he were to come back to college at his next collegiate destination maybe wants to be a little bit more of a feature player he's a starter and and don't get me wrong it's it's certainly a loss for Creighton but you just reading body language and the sort of signs a little bit it seems like Art maybe wanted a, a little bit more as far as a feature role and that's okay he's he can you know, absolutely do that at the collegiate level. Creighton's going to come back next year, bring a whole bunch of people back, add a whole, whole bunch of guys from the transfer portal. Still waiting on decisions from um, from Ryan Kalkbrenner and from Trey Alexander as far as the NBA draft is concerned. That's going to go all the way down to the wire would be my guess. They're going through workouts right now. So those guys will, you know, have really difficult decisions to make. Hey, but guess what? If they want to come back to Creighton, I think uh, we would welcome them back, certainly with open arms. Just a little bit of a roundup this week. I'm Connor Happer. We'll send it back to John Bishop. John? So again, the first season of Creighton softball under head coach Krista Wood is in the books. The baseball team has work to do if they want to make the conference tournament. The good news is they do hold destiny in their own hands with a two-game lead over fifth place Seton Hall, who they play this weekend, all three games out in South Orange, New Jersey. If the Jays can win the series, at least win two games, they will assure themselves a bid in the Big East Conference Tournament. And now, here's Josh Peterson. John, thank you so much. We welcome onto the podcast this week as we close out on the school year. Morgan Molly, of course, from the Creighton women's basketball team from right here in Nebraska, hometown of Crete. Morgan, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing awesome. Let's start off with this because so often I am an Omaha City boy. I refer to anything that is not Omaha or Lincoln as Western Nebraska. When you're talking to someone like me and I'm like, hey, where are you from? Do you say Crete? Do you say a small town you've never heard of? Or do you just say it's somewhere west of here? Leave me alone, please. Um, Most of the time I just say a small town and then they ask me for the name uh-huh. and I'll say Crete. And... Uh, luckily, it's close enough to Lincoln that a lot of people actually know where it is. That's good. When I b- before you came on, I'll, I'll be honest. I did Google it, and I was like, okay, where is this at? I I zoomed out, zoomed out, zoomed out, and I was like, man, I'm just an idiot. It's right. It's it's not even that far west of Omaha. Right. Right. Oh, so typical of me. Uh, before we look back at the season that was, let's talk about the national championship that you and some teammates just won in the 3X tournament. I mean, I guess, how did you get involved with this? What was the process like? What does it mean to pick up that title? Yeah, um, it was a really awesome experience. Um, we were finishing up a team workout one day in April and Flan pulled um all of us aside and was like, Hey, we got, you guys got invited to go play USA three V three in a month. And we were like, what does that mean? But we were like, USA basketball free trip. Like, let's just go, let's just go do it. And it took about five minutes for us to decide on that, but it was, it was really fun weekend. That's awesome. The the chemistry of three on three versus the traditional five on five. How is it similar on the floor? How is it different? Uh, I would say 
the group that we went, the chemistry was phenomenal. Um, we'd all been playing together for so long now. Um, we know the ins and outs of each other's games. And with three on three, there's so much more space on the floor. So you, we really got to work together and um, use that space to our advantage. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things, Morgan, that has stood out to me so much is I've gotten a chance to call quite a few of your games over the last two seasons, especially has been the Mm -hmm. chemistry of the team, whether it's those moments where you and your teammates are winning in a blowout fashion or whether the game is close, just sometimes the head nods, the smiles, the pointing of the finger after a nice assist, whatever it is. What has, I guess, how have you and your teammates been able to develop that type of chemistry? Because I think it's really noticeable for us watching the game in the building and even when we watch it on TV. Yeah, I would just say that's just the style of... Creighton and the culture that we have here, um, our style that we play with is so cohesive and anti-individualistic that, you know, we, we give our nod to our teammates when, um, plays happen. That's awesome. What, what, uh, now is this, the season crazy enough already about two months in the rear view now that you've had a chance to distance yourself from the end of the season. How do you feel about it when, when you, you know, sit and ponder and look back on what unfolded? Yeah, I think big picture, you have to be proud of yourself again. Um, the league was really, really tough this year, and we challenged ourselves in the non-con as well. Um, at the end of the year, you know, things didn't turn out how we wanted, but I think you can take some key points and be excited about the future and grow from there. That that was your uh, third season with Creighton. You know, you, you look across the board at your numbers and you see a ton of improvement in, in, in so many statistical categories. How do you feel that the season went for you as an individual? Uh, pretty good. I thought that I had a good foundation of what I wanted to do offensively in all areas of the court. Um, I do want to improve on my ball handling. I think that will uh, limit my turnover numbers a little bit more um, and improve the coach's confidence in me moving forward. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, like the idea of a season finishing and and how much you kind of like decompress and maybe unplug versus how much are you consistently thinking of I want to get better here. This is this is maybe how I'll use June or July. Like, are you are you often thinking about that? Do you kind of have to force yourself maybe to pull back just a little bit to give yourself some time off? Yeah, I think it's a it's a touch and go game a little bit. I remember when it was like the end of the season, like we were still playing games, but I already had in my head what I needed to do to get better for next year. Um, and then once the season ends, you kind of gotta force yourself to step away um, just so you can be 100% when you get back to it again, which we have already, but yeah. Uh, what what does what does the, the rest of the offseason look like for you? Um, We're going to – we got the rest of May off as a team and we'll be here doing workouts in June. Those are mandatory, but then July is kind of a free-for-all, but a lot of us um, – being older, especially, are going to be here in July as well, just working out and doing that. Well, and and before we let you go, you just kind of mentioned being older. I mean, what what is it like for you now as suddenly you are going into your senior year? I mean, I, I remember, I, I look back on my college experience 
and how fast it seems, especially the further away that I get from it. I imagine that you're going through that exact same thing right now. As you just think back, is it crazy that like this thing is almost done? Yeah, um, it is crazy. Just being like, there's no one older than us right now. And like, we're the top dogs. Um, that really hasn't set in for me yet. But luckily with that COVID year, I feel a little bit less pressure and like less oomph about it being the senior year, technically. Well, that's good. That's good. Morgan Molly going into her senior year. Morgan, I, I hope that you have a uh, an awesome uh, month off. I hope that you have a great summer ahead of next season. Again, congratulations on that championship victory. And thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you, Josh, for having me. John, back to you. Before we wrap things up this week on the 1620 The Jays podcast presented by Barry Law, I want to send out congratulations to a frequent guest of the pod, women's golfer Catherine Lemke, who had six birdies on her final round, shot a one under in the final round of the NCAA regionals earlier in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. The two-time defending Big East champion tied for 61st after round one, 57th after 36 holes, but thanks to her final round 71, ended up in a top 50 position, finishing in 48th place. Congratulations to Catherine Lemke. Well, to update you on what's going on this weekend, pretty simple. Creighton Blue Jays on the road at Seton Hall. First game will be Friday afternoon, late afternoon, 5 o'clock, out in New Jersey. The series will continue on Saturday with a 1 o'clock first pitch, and then Sunday the Series finale will be at 11 a.m. at Seton Hall. Jays will be back at home for Cox Kids Day, a special 11 a.m. start on Tuesday at Charles Schwab Field. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they play host to the first place UConn Huskies. Hopefully, the Jays aren't having to worry about and needing to win any more games to get into the conference tournament, but certainly they would like to continue and have great success so they can move into that conference tournament with a little bit of momentum. We'll, of course, bring you all of the home games right here on 1620 The Zone or 1180 The Zone. Well, that'll do it this week for the 1620 The Jays podcast. 1620 The Jays presented by Barry Law, your most important assets are your body, your mind, and your future. When those are jeopardized by an injury that isn't your fault, you need to fight back and regain your life. Call Barry Law at 402-999-7777 or visit BarryLawFirm.com. At Barry Law, we help defend the rights of those in need. At Barry Law, we are in it to win it. For my colleagues, Josh Peterson and Connor Happer, I'm John Bishop. The 1620 The Jays podcast presented by Barry Law is a co-presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.